Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. As we reflect on the season, what does success look like if you took wins and losses and you put that to the side for a second? I did that, and it was really about the foundation that we built this year. Tyler Gordon with the pick. I know that we're in a healthier situation now than we were before, and we're excited about where we're going. Now, it's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Here's Kevin Powell. Welcome into Episode 65 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. Appreciate you listening. The draft is over. What do we think of the Bears draft? What kind of grade would we give this draft class for Ryan Poles in the front office? Talked about it with Mark Carmen from CHGO. Now joining me on episode 65 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast is Mark Carmen, who I believe is currently scrambling an egg. Is that correct, Carm? I, I am, Kevin. Uh, I appreciate you, and I did not know that you officially have numbers for each episode. This is a major development in the Bears football WGN pod, and 65 has always would have been one of my favorite numbers, so thank you. Yeah, this is the big 6-5 and uh, monumental stop here on the WGN Radio Football Podcast uh, journey. So I figured I'd have Carm on. Carm, of course, from CHGO, and uh, you can hear him on WGN Radio from time to time, hosting or doing sports, all kinds of stuff. Um, Bears, draft, recap. Uh, are you first of all? Are you a big draft guy? Do you get pumped for the draft? Do you like it? Do you do you enjoy the viewing event that is the NFL draft? You know, I, I would say that I have um, gone from despising the draft and the insane amount of coverage to now like greatly looking forward to the three days. What? what? Like if, if nothing else, it's phenomenal background content, and then you can really dive into what when you want to pay attention. <laughs> I mean, it is, right? Like, I, I love the draft. I think the excitement leading up to it is probably better than the actual draft itself. But I, I think it's fun, and I think it's a great event to watch on TV. Uh, Twitter kind of takes a little bit away from it, so it's a lot more fun if you stay off Twitter uh, until after your team picks because it kind of gets ruined by people that get the news before it actually gets announced at the draft. Um, but I, I do kind of find it, I mean, we had it here in Chicago for a couple of years, and I thought it was great. I thought Chicago did a great job hosting it. But you you look at that setup in Kansas City and how massive it is, and I'm like, people are really just going to go sit there to watch Roger Goodell and other people walk on a stage. Like, that's it. Like, there is a couple musical acts, but the event is, if you're there, I'm sure fun and the whole, you know, being in the city and there's probably all kinds of stuff going on. But when I watch it on TV, I'm like, okay, there's a giant stage and then a whole bunch of seats. And people are going to sit there for four hours just to watch people walk across the stage. And they show up. You know, yeah, and what's annoying about that more than anything else, listen, they boo Goodell. It's not, it's not a joke. They don't like him because he 
does things like cover up sexual harassment in the Washington organization and some of the insanity that is football where they can't understand what a catcher is not a catch. For the That booing is real. And then every dude goes up there and hugs him like he's his best friend. Yeah. This guy's about to find you scratching your ass wrong. You know, I wouldn't even shake his hand. Um, yeah, I think people are just in the moment and they're happy and they just won't made yeah, it to the NFL. Yeah, um, but no, yeah, I, I, I do enjoy the draft and it, uh, and you know, as we sit here, the bears, um, will begin rookie mini camp on Friday and Saturday. So what, what did you think of the bears hall overall? Let's start with Darnell, Wright. Uh, had opportunities to take Jalen Carter, a Skaronsky, a Broderick Jones, and he goes Darnell, Wright. Big show of faith, in my opinion, to Braxton Jones, because as of now, and Ryan Poles wouldn't answer where exactly he expects Darnell Wright to play, although most of us would believe he's the right tackle of the future. That's the hope. But what what did you think of Wright? We'll start there. So it was, you know, the, the rumors were flying. The gambling markets had it that that was going to be their pick, so it wasn't a big secret. Um you know, I think hopefully in my ideal world that you traded back and got real value, not just a fourth-round pick next year, and you got your guy. But they were afraid to go past Tennessee at 11, so he was willing to go back one spot and just take what he could get, which was that fourth-rounder. Um, you know, I would have been comfortable with any of the offensive linemen. If you look at the differing opinions on it, right? Like at one point, Broderick Jones was the top guy. And Skaronsky was the top guy. Paris Johnson Jr. ended up being the top guy. And here comes Darnell Wright, number two. Like I would have taken any of them and lived with it if I was going that position and stockpiled as much as I possibly could. But they really wanted Wright. So it does, in a little bit of a way, maybe a lot of a way, shine a big spotlight on polls that whether or not he's going to get this one, quote-unquote, right. But... They love him, so I guess believe in polls, right? At this point, benefit of the doubt, Ryan Poles, we're all comfortable with that. Yeah, I think when I look at just the overall, the entire haul of, of picks for the Bears, I think going into the draft, if, if somebody asked you, who do you think the Bears will take, or, or what do you, how do you think it's going to play out? Just about all of us would have said, and did say, offensive or defensive line, probably a defensive back, maybe a receiver, right? Like, and they addressed all of that. You know, they went uh, offensive tackle, two defensive tackles, and a defensive back through the first three rounds. They added a running back who appears to be an absolute beast, just happened to play behind Bijan Robinson. Uh, Tyler Scott seems to be a big play type guy. Um, I, I, you know, I, I still think they're far off from really being a complete, full, elite roster. Uh, but I think overall, they addressed a lot of needs and areas that I think we all would agree they needed to upgrade and at least add some pieces to. So uh, in that regard, I chalk it up as a pretty good draft for Ryan Poles and the front office. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I mean, if you look around the grades that they're getting from everywhere, it's mostly B's on up and there's plenty of A's out there from yeah. all the different outlets. And I, and I think that's, um you know, generally fair and also an impossible task. We have no idea if any of these guys are good. Neither does Ryan Bolt, neither does anyone. Um, you know, so you go about their process and the logic of the picks. And, um, the Roshan Johnson thing was a surprise, but, uh, you know, I, I, I like, I'm not a, don't take a running back guy and, 
you know, some people are saying that, well, they, they like the fact that he doesn't have, uh, or that he has a lot of tread on his tires because he hasn't played. You'd rather see a guy on the field dominating than somebody sitting there behind Bijan. But yeah. the Bears obviously, you know, have, have seen somebody. And the highlights, I mean, he's a violent runner, man. And there, I, I think be, he's, he's got a little shiftiness, too. So I'm, I'm super excited to see him. And Scott's got the burning speed, which they could use. And then, they've, of course, they get the questions of, you know, are they paying Claypool? Are they paying Mooney? Are they paying either of them? They need insurance there at, 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 at bare minimum. So getting a wide receiver that, uh, you know, was just something that they pretty much had to do. I guess they could have waited until – you know, next year's draft, but they like Tyler Scott enough to take a flyer on him. I, I, uh, I got mostly, you know, positive process grades for what they did. Uh, I do kind of wonder about their whole long and athletic and their and the rad, the relative athletic score that everybody talks about nowadays, which is kind of giving me a headache. You know, they, 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 that's what they're leaning on traits. And, you know, they've gone out in the offseason, they've been very aggressive signing free agent linebackers, and they draft one in Noah Sewell. It's like, is anybody paying attention to 57, the, the sand god, who was your, I don't know, best defensive player last year before he got hurt? So, you know, that seems a little bit odd to me, but maybe they just thought that Noah Sewell was the best player available at that point, good value, and they took him. Yeah, I think, uh, what do you think of the uh, the defensive tackles they took? Because the defensive line right now st- I think is the weakest unit on weakest area no of the Bears. I mean, they they yeah. were it was like non-existent last season. They were look at all the stats, no pass rush, rush defense was near the bottom. Um, they had to address that area, and they had a chance to take Jalen Carter. What did you think about them passing on Jalen Carter? You know, I wish I would have stuck to my guns on this one, KB, because I said when everything came out about Jalen, I'm like, I'm telling you, he's not going in the top 10. And if he gets to the bears, they won't draft him. So I was like 99% right. The Eagles took him at 10, you know, but he, he felt everyone thought he was going to Seattle at five or the Lions at six. And so all these teams are passing and that makes you comfortable on the bears passing. And then you get a little uncomfortable when the, generally consensus best GM in football, Howie Roseman is taking him. But their circumstance and their veteran leadership is a lot different than the Bears. So I get passing on him and thinking that you can't handle it, per se, handle him. The other side of it is, you know, Jervon Dexter, and, you know, credit to my guy, uh, former Wildcat, former Bear, uh, media superstar, and I work with him over at CHGO, Corey Wooten, who was just screaming when they take him. His, and he's, miss, he's very positive, dude, Wooten. He's like, his get-off is terrible. And if you go back and watch the tape, he is like the last guy off the ball. The Bears are betting, that, but he still makes plays, so if that gets a lot better, then all of a sudden you might have a killer. But the Bears are betting on their coaching staff to be able to coach him up. And because that's not going to work. His production will go to zero if his get-off doesn't get better. Uh, you know, in the NFL, get off being like, you know, for anybody who's not understanding that, like right when the ball is snapped, you have the instinct and you're moving and you're instantly attacking those in front of you so you get to the QB. If you're slow off the ball, you're never going to get there in the NFL. And in his case, you'll have less of an impact just uh, wrecking what the offense is trying to do, which is his main role. So it's just interesting to me that the Bears are betting a lot on their coaching staff right now to develop these guys, which maybe they had to do, you know, 
getting that premium position in the second round. Uh, but I don't know, man. Kippy, you, you you would know this more than me. You're an offensive line guy. Can you teach somebody to get off the ball better? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's a very teachable thing. I would I would I would think. But so Wooten hated the pick. Is that what you're saying? He he was more into picking uh, than than uh, Dexter than Dexter. Okay, yeah, he, it does he, it does he, feel like a, a pick that's a project, right? And that's a second round selection, and. Like you said, that that puts a lot on Matt Eberflus and his staff. Like you got to develop this guy. We committed a second round pick, a fifty third overall selection, to this guy, and that's an area we desperately need production from, and haven't had it in a, you know in the past couple of years. That's a that's yeah, that's it, polls going to Flusbike. You got to this guy is you got to figure it out. Well, and you would think that Flus is in that combo, right? Yeah. I mean, he has to be, and and maybe and maybe he's even championing for him, like, dude. Ryan, trust me, take this guy. We can get him to where he needs to be. Like, maybe it went like that. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but they, they definitely have to be a lockstep on it. And it is, uh, you know, if he doesn't get anywhere, then it's on both Poles and the coaching staff because Poles are going to be looking at them and saying, like, you all said you could get him there. And uh, now my, you know, credibility, at least a little bit, is going to be on the line here if, if you don't. So. Um, like you said with Jalen Carter, like entirely different scenarios if the Bears pick him compared to the Eagles because of what you said. Like if Carter, if the Bears draft Carter, he's the guy, right? Like everybody's looking at him to be the guy on that defense for many years to come. He goes to Philly. He's got former teammates. He's got veteran dudes that have been there for a long time and have had a lot of success on both sides of the ball. Jason Kelsey, right? That whole offensive line, like totally different situation that Jalen Carter goes to in Philly compared to here where there would have been a lot of pressure on Carter and there's going to be pressure with the Eagles too but if if the Bears select Carter we're all eyes are on Jalen Carter right to be this stud defensive tackle that we've heard about with really the Bears don't really have their foundation of leaders on this team right like Cody Whitehair I guess but like overall they're they're trying to establish that where they have veteran guys and they have core guys on this roster, and hopefully that's the case soon. Uh, but a totally different situation with the Eagles. Yep, yep, and it's just an awful lot to put on a kid who clearly has some ways to go in his maturation process. I mean, it's one thing to be going fast in the car. It's another thing to be drag racing or racing with another car. And then it's another thing to have a tragic accident happen uh, and followed up by you just didn't own it at all and all and at you know at the combine it comes out. Yeah, and, and then showing up to your pro day out of shape. And, and then and then you know that hits and who knows what goes on. But I'm right. guessing that you know he's having all sorts of stress on his life that's right. not normal, and now he's nine pounds heavier and. And that is a huge spotlight coming into the NFL, which that spotlight would have been enormous here. It's going to be big in Philly, but not quite as big. Yeah, I try to, you know, not that I don't trust some of the reporting out there, um, but leading up to the draft, some guys get this label, right? Like they've they've got question marks. There are red flags with this player. 
And I just really try to avoid the whole piling on thing, right? Because can't you see in a few years, like Jalen Carter is having this great career, and then somebody does this one-on-one interview with Jalen Carter, and he he details and explains what it was like for him personally leading up to the draft and the pressure and what he was going through and all of that. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. I think certain players get labeled stuff going into the draft, and then everybody just views them one specific way. Now I'm not disregarding some of the stuff that Jalen Carter's been through, but like. He's a young dude. He's going through a lot. So I just try not to like get sucked into this Jalen Carter's the bad dude of the draft or Jalen Carter's got all these issues or anything like that. Like he's 21 years old. Um, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't want to just like be the media type person where we're just piling on these players when we have never even met the player. We don't even actually know what he's really like, what is his personality, who he is as a human being. It, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I just, I just don't I, think it's fair to certain players to just all of a sudden everybody be like, "That's the dude with red flags." That's the dude with question marks. Blah blah blah. And then a few years from now, Jalen Carter's a stud, and he's talking about the, the what it was like leading up to that moment. It's just not fair to some of them. I'm not, I'm not disregarding some of the stuff we know, but at the same time, I, I just, I try to avoid the piling on. Well, and there's a pack mentality that you're talking about. Yeah. That you're not wanting to be the last guy into the pack or just whatever in the middle of the pack just piling on when you don't know the dude. Um, you know, it's – listen, our business, if you want to call it that, is challenging because if you're doing a daily show, you need to have daily thoughts. and You can't just go on there and say, we'll see because – Nobody right. will see how many people right. watch that. It's, right. it's, it's, the answer is going to be You've got to craft thoughts and ideas. That's our job, in a sense. You right. Know? So you've got to have an opinion. But then, and this is not the same thing, but somebody put together clips of literally every prominent sports talker speaking on Jalen Hurts. And every single one of them said the dude sucks. That's what the take was on the Eagles quarterback from – whatever, Colin Cowherd to Stephen A to just widely across the board. This guy is not going to cut it. And eh, MVP is right there as a candidate playing in the Super Bowl. You know, he's he's, he's getting a huge contract, and now everybody's celebrating the deal that he signed with the Eagles and how brilliant Howie Roseman was. So things can change, and and hopefully they will for Jalen Carter. It'll be a little bit painful for Bears fans if he turns into a complete stud and we pass out him, but I'd rather see a guy have success than not have success at the end of the day. Yeah, and, uh, you know, talking about quarterbacks, I think all of us know, like, this year, when you look at where he's at in his contract, the, the Bears just have to have clarity after this season. You know, they have to – they have to they, they can't chalk up any excuses for Justin Fields, right? Like, we all want to just watch him play a full season with a respectable roster around him and say, okay – we we have a really good idea of what this guy is as a quarterback and what he might continue to be and grow into. That that that's to me, you know, you're not winning a Super Bowl this year, but if you can if you can identify Justin Fields and feel very confident by saying this is our franchise quarterback, chalk it up as a big win for the Bears obviously. Well, it's about being fair to him and fair to yourself. You drafted him and then you had Andy Dalton, you're starting Dalton, you had Nick Foles, that's fine. You wanted him to learn, but then Dalton gets hurt, Foles is still there, and then in week three, you're going to throw him out there against the Cleveland Browns, 
and you haven't even designed an offense for him, and he, and he ends up throwing for one net yards, and OB's going nuts. God, that was you a know, disaster. Oh, my God. Such an, an unbelievable, you know. It was irresponsible by that coaching yeah. staff. They didn't. They didn't. We don't have to rehash that d- d- disaster, but that gives you an idea of what that coaching staff was. Where they just were so stubborn in their ways and refused to budge. And they they went an entire game letting their young quarterback get killed and <laughs> didn't make any adjustments. It was nuts. Completely unfair to him, dude. Oh, Dalton got hurt. You haven't done any offense for Fields. Put Nick Foles in there. <laughs> You're not you're not starting Andy Dalton because he's better than Fields. You're starting him because you want Fields to learn. It just made no sense, and we don't have to yeah. keep on going through it. But then you know you go to last year. Now you've got a whole new coaching staff, a whole new system that he's got to learn, and you have an offense that is devoid of talent up front and around him. Right. So now you have some. Now you have some talent in front of him, and you've added DJ Moore. You've gone they have on, actual gone, receivers gone. that can get separation and make plays, and, and right. like like big so, play guy. So credit to Ryan Poles. Like, yeah, we don't know exactly the future of Mooney and Claypool long term, but he clearly addressed a major need, and especially when you have a young quarterback, go get receivers. And he did that. I mean, the re- the receivers room all of a sudden looks like a real strong point for the Bears at Hallis Hall. When for a while there, I mean, who was he throwing to? It was like. Guys, you never heard of. So uh, I think they addressed that. The big question is the offensive line. Like where, like where do they feel they're at there? Braxton Jones at left tackle, maybe Tevin at left guard, Whitehair center, Nate Davis right guard, and Darnell right at right tackle. Okay, I don't feel entirely confident in that, but I feel better than what it was last year. So I think he's um, addressing areas that really, really needed to be upgraded. F- final question, Carm. I know you're a big fan of the WGN Radio sports click that we post every day at WGNRadio.com. Uh, uh, <laughs> so good. <laughs> the uh, sports click today, uh, John Williams did, for the news click did grade the Bears draft, so we kind of had to pivot and do something similar to the draft, but like kind of different. So we said, which of the Bears picks was your favorite? Which 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 pick, whether uh, Rashawn Johnson in the fourth round, Darnell Wright in the first, like who, which player – uh, that got selected, all things considered value, when they were picked, did you like the most? I mean, it, it's it's obvious for me as, a, as somebody who didn't get the starting role uh, and actually didn't even get the backup role because uh, I got cut. But uh, somehow I'm going to relate myself to Roshan Johnson, the guy who's battling for an opportunity. And I like the concept of that dude in the backfield with fields especially in goal line situations where he can just absolutely truck somebody soaking field and you can just cause all sorts of problems for the defense. Um, I, I, I like, I like playmakers and I'm hoping that Roshan's going to be a huge one. So I would go with the RB. That's a great Mark Carmen, who is a big Northwestern fan. I know it just getting this press release, Northwestern's Chris Collins signs contract extension, go cats through 2028. That's what you get when you take the team to the NCAA tournament. There's nothing nothing to do with the Bears, but I'm looking at my phone, and I know you're a Cats guy, so I figured I'd let you know. Congratulations to Chris. An absolute unbelievable turnaround. Odds are, odds were, rather, that he was going to get fired, really, after this season. Um, and now he's getting an extension. Now, now they've made the tournament in uh, had their best year, or he and I would say that he had his best year coaching them. Yeah. Should have gotten could, or could have gotten through round two, but still a phenomenal performance. And uh, hey, maybe they can go again before twenty twenty eight. This year, and it's very interesting what the roster is going to look like next year. 
uh, what guys declare for the draft and whatnot. It's a little undetermined right now. Uh, let's do a 30-minute chat basketball podcast. <laughs> okay. We'll bring in Dave Ennett for that one. Uh, he's Mark Carmen. He's a host at CHGO. Chago. It's a new sports. On How would you describe it? It's like an online uh, you know, sports show, right? We're the, we're the premier daily destination uh, for podcast uh, Bears talk. You know, KP doesn't do it every day, so I'm long enough to say that. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and everything else around it. By the way, I do have July 10th mark in my calendar. Uh, that will be when CHGO faces WGN on the softball diamond. Oh, wow. Uh, I, of course, am going to have to be loyal uh, to the CHGO since I'm running the softball team this year. Uh, but Kevin Wells, WGN fine employee and CHGO employee, I think believe both on a part-time basis. I uh, don't know his full background <laughs> as far as the finances, but I think that is both part-time. Uh, Wells, Wells offering himself up to CHGO yesterday. Wow, I got to talk to him about that. Yeah, but I asked. I said, "Who are you playing for on July 10th?" And he said, uh, "The world's greatest network alongside Joe Brand." That's what I'm talking and about. So uh, just know that Wells is uh, is. Uh, is 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 team is WGN? Down, I guess I love it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mark yeah. Carmen, watch him on CHGO. Follow him on the Twitter at the Carm. This was fun. Thanks for jumping on, Carm. You're the best, KP. Appreciate you. And that was episode 65 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Mark Carmen for joining me. Always great to talk with Carm. And thanks to Brian Altimer and Ernie Scatton for their help producing the podcast. This was episode 65 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast.